For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's up, everybody? It's your boy B. Scott with the Philadelphia Eagles. I just want to thank you all for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating. Fly, Eagles, fly. This is a Brawl Network production. You're listening to the Eagles Brawl Podcast. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! Here to take you on the road to victory. It's Connor Miles, Ed Cross, Johnny Page, and Tyler Steege. Alright, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Eagles Brawl. Oh wait, no, this is turning the page on all 22 on the Eagles Brawl. Co-host Connor Miles here with the host of it, Johnny Page. We just didn't know how we were going to approach this episode today because reflecting on that Green Bay and Philadelphia game at this point in the week is a little too late. We all have busy lives, we understand that. But not only that, there's so much news going on. There's so much that, we're, that we completely forgot about that game. That game is completely as far away in our mind and topic of discussion as it possibly can be because the Philadelphia Eagles bench Carson Wentz for Jalen Hurts. That's what we're all focused on. That's all we all care about. Jalen Hurts is making his first NFL career start while Carson Wentz is backing him up this weekend against the New Orleans Saints. Johnny, I know you have some interesting takes about it. I'm excited to hear you talk about it. I'm excited that we get to talk, sit down and actually discuss this hysteria that we call the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, what a, what a random week. Uh, I think it was pretty obvious that Jalen Hurts was going to be named the starter. And yeah, we're going to keep this one focused on the uh, quarterback position today. I think it's fair to say the listeners aren't tuning in today to hear about the defensive scheme uh, from Sunday. <laughs> I think that's sort of been long uh, forgotten about. But yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I, think it, I, th- I don't think they really had a choice. I think that's probably my biggest takeaway. I think it's got to the point now where the season's sort of over. Um in terms of any chance of a playoff, which, I mean, in a normal year, it had been over weeks ago, but technically they still had a chance. Um, and I think it was clear this week that Wentz was quite obviously just not seeing the field correctly. So I don't, I'm not sure it's a referendum on Carson Wentz's career yet. I don't think it means there's no way back, but I think they now need to see uh, what they've got in Jalen Hurts. To be honest, I don't really think it was a decision that they really had much choice to do. Um, and this is someone who defends Carson Wentz quite a lot. I think they probably had to make it. Whether it'll make a difference to the offense, whether it'll make a difference to the long-term future of Hurts and Wentz, I really don't know. Um, as you mentioned, I've got quite a few takes, so we can get into them bit by bit when we start actually breaking down the tape and what we saw this week. But yeah, to be honest, I think it's had a lot of reaction, a lot of talk, but in some ways I feel a bit sorry for Doug in the sense I don't really think there was much choice. Once he brought in Hurts, the fact that Hurts did move the offense a little bit and the fact that he scored that touchdown, I think he just had to give him uh, a shot, to be honest. I don't know if you disagree, but I sort of feel like there was no real alternative no, there was no alternative, and not only that, Doug Pierce is coaching for his job. If he feels, and which he does, I don't care what anybody says, he took 
what, a couple days after that game to decide to name Jalen Hurts a starting quarterback, he had time to reflect on this decision. He had time to sit by himself and emotionally detach himself from everything that's going on and really look in the mirror and face the reality. He's coaching for his job. He's coaching for the rest of his coaching career. Carson Wentz right now, no matter how what we think about him, no matter how high we are on him in 2020, is playing at the lowest caliber quarterback play he can possibly play at in the NFL. And statistically, it's the it's the truth. He's not making, and what you just said is correct, absolutely correct. And I thought that even more in the Seattle game, and I thought it again in Green Bay. He's not making the correct reads, he's not making the correct throws. He's not getting the ball where he needs to be. I understand the context of the whole entire situation. The whole entire offense is bad. It's just a bad unit. It's a really bad unit. But Carson Wentz is the head of it, and he's not doing the team any favors himself when he's given those opportunities to at least succeed. And, I mean, again, that what really led to his benching was that really missed pass to get Dallas Goddard. That was a touchdown. He put he underthrew him. I mean, I don't he was out of the pocket. No one was near him. He didn't step into throws anymore. I he needs to step back from the game. That's what the whole thing is. And I that's why I'm okay with the benching because I think he's mentally unstable right now. I mean by actions speak louder than words. The guy wears it on his face on the football field that he's not okay. He needs to emotional. He needs to do the same thing Doug Peterson's doing. Emotionally detach yourself from the team, the situation, self-evaluate, and make the best decisions for Carson Wentz. I just don't see a scenario where Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz can coexist anymore. I think yeah. now that you make this move, no matter what, and I know you had to make this move. Granted, I know you have to make this move. I do the same thing if I'm in Doug Peterson's shoes. But no matter what we think about this, Doug Peterson showed his faith in Carson Wentz. He evaluated and said Carson Wentz in 2020 cannot save me my job. He cannot, we cannot get the best out of Carson Wentz. Or I can't get a better Carson Wentz in these next four games. I'm going to take my chances with Jalen Hurts. You say that once when things go wrong, you'll say it again when things go wrong. And there are teams around the league like Sean McVay and the Los Angeles Rams are a great example that stick through their quarterback through his struggles no matter what. The Eagles didn't do that. Uh, a huge reason why they didn't do that is because they had a second round pick a quarterback behind them that they hailed as uh, not wanting to miss out on Russell Wilson. And, I mean, again, you're in Philadelphia. This town is brutal. But if you don't feel like you're coaching for your job, you don't make this move. And, obviously, Doug Peterson feels like he's coaching for his job, but he didn't think Carson Wentz could save it for him in these last final games. Yeah. So, I mean, when you look at Carson as well, what I think we'll do is we'll touch on Carson Wentz first half, then we'll get to sort of Jalen Hurts and stuff. Um, it's really interesting because a lot of the discussion now is about, like, Doug and Wentz. And, to be honest, and maybe I'm in the minority, minority here, but... It's not really a discussion. I think, like you said, they're not going to be able to come back next year. Now, I hear a lot of these takes, like maybe you get Doug to hire a great offensive coordinator. But realistically, you're just replacing Doug then. And being a head coach is not just about being an offensive coordinator. And I get Doug has the culture. I think he's a very good leader. I think he has some really good analytics. I think he's using aggressiveness. He's very good. But he has clearly struggled to design an offense this year. And I think that there's a lack of talent. And I think that's quite obvious. I think we're not really going to get into the Harry Rosen debate, but it's quite obvious there's a lack of talent. But the the team is still playing below its parts. And I know that Fulgham's had problems with drops. I know Rager had some really bad snaps at the weekend. And the receiving position is really bad. But there are still basic things you can do to sort of at least put players in better positions to succeed. So I think next year, when people talk about, is this the end of Carson Wentz? Well, the problem is, if you're another team, you're probably not trading for him at the moment because you're giving up a hell of a lot. There's no way the Eagles release him. And the odds are that any coach coming in, He's going to want to work with Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts. I don't think that's a hot take. 
I mean, Carson Wentz was the second overall pick who's been a few potential MVP. I think Jalen Hurts, at best, is probably a very efficient passer in a specific scheme. Most of the, the and I'm sort of talking like Doug's going to get fired here, and we don't know if he will, we don't know what will happen. But the whole offseason, I would imagine, will be focused around hiring people that will fix Carson Wentz. That's what uh, I imagine most of their work will be. And then I think it comes down to, and I'm actually going to write something about this eventually, when I eventually get around to writing this a month, about how you fix Carson Wentz, because I'm actually reasonably positive about it. And I haven't seen this take around a lot online. So when you talk about fix Carson Wentz, I think you need to break down what is broken about Carson Wentz. And there's lots of things that can be broken. Um, in my opinion, it's actually not, I say it's not a big deal. It's a massive deal. It's his whole, it's his whole mental state and the way he reads the game. It's a huge deal. But it's not like his arm's gone. It's not like he's got a shoulder injury and he can't throw anymore. It's not like um, he's been hit so many times that his body, he can't move anymore. He can't literally, he, there's no velocity on his throws or anything. It's not like a late career Peyton Manning when the ball was coming out at like half the speed. His arm strength's fine. And actually we'll get onto Jalen Hurts, but it's quite obvious watching the two of them that Wentz has got a significantly stronger arm. I mean, it's it's not really a debate, to be honest, about how tight window throws and stuff. The biggest problem right. with Carson Wentz at the moment is he's feeling pressure. That's the number one issue. And we've seen it before. Um, Russ, go and watch, and I think I've told you before off air, but I watch every Cardinals game um, just because my partner watches the Cardinals. And go, I ask anyone, go watch three, four weeks ago, go and watch Russell Wilson play the Cardinals in overtime. You would think Russell Wilson was a seventh round pick in his first start. He completely flummoxed by the Cardinals' pressure. Completely. Now, that was a one game moment, granted, but Russell Wilson looked awful for about 10, 15 minutes. Uh, Tom Brady threw two horrendous picks last week or the week before. And people said, well, what, 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 what's going on here? He felt pressure. Quarterbacks cannot feel pressure. Qu- quarterbacks have to trust what they're seeing and they trust the guys around them. And it's quite obvious that Carson Wentz does not trust people. And I'm not defending Carson Wentz here, by the way. I'm trying to, I always say this, people go, oh, you defend Carson Wentz. No, I'm trying to find reasons oh. why a guy who's been pretty consistent for four years and people might say, oh, but he had problems his rookie year. Yeah, he has problems his rookie year. But my word, he's had a hell of a lot better than he is right now. This is clearly Most the worst. Most rookie quarterbacks played. do. Most, exactly. Especially with teams exactly. that are coming off a Chip Kelly yeah. disaster. And like, last year, so- and last year when people talk about, well, why wasn't he great? He had mechanical issues. He will always have mechanical issues. Carson I Wentz will never. I thought he was great. Yeah. Carson Wentz will never be a 70% thrower ever. Deal with it. Like, that's not who the quarterback is. So if you want him to be Drew Brees and Tom Brady, he never will be. Granted, get rid of him. But if you want him to be what you drafted him to be, which is a big play quarterback who extends plays outside the pocket, he can still be that. What they have to do is they have to clean up a little bit mechanically because mechanically he's, he is off. But his accuracy is not horrendous. There was, like, there was one throw to John Hightower that stood out last week where the ball sailed on him, which was a case of stare at his feet. It's his footwork. But his biggest problem mm-hmm. is his pocket management. That's why he's not reading the field. Exactly. Exactly. exactly what I was going to say. He doesn't I, trust I said that the biggest thing that has taken the biggest hit that Carson Wentz has taken this year is his pocket awareness has gone way down. And the only yeah. reason why it's gone way down is because his first couple of years in this league, this wasn't an issue. I mean, the offensive line was a, a stronghold of this team. I mean, go way back to when we made our top, uh, our top, what was it? 10 list, top 15, yeah, top, top 30 10. list. So, how many offensive linemen did we have in there? We had two. We had Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. Three. And one of that, that was before Brooks injury had, as well. Brooks would have been That was before five. the Brooks injury too. So we had three. So that, look how important we even thought this offensive line was to this team. And it's true. Braden Brooks' presence has been missed since week one. Lane Johnson, with his piles of injuries, hasn't been close to the same of level of play that we expect 
Lane Johnson to be, and it's been showing every week in and week out. Jason Peters shouldn't be on a football field anymore. Yeah. Like, there's so many things that factor in this, and they, they were prepared to really shift their way to Andre Dillard. Like, this team wasn't prepared for Andre Dillard to go down. They wanted him to be left tackle. The best thing about it is they found out they have a diamond in the rough in Jordan Mulata. But yeah. the, you're right. that Carson Wentz, I mean, I think they have another issue here is coaching because ever since his back injury, you're trying to force this guy to be really a pocket passer anyways. Yeah, and can but, we just come back on it really quickly just before we move on? Just about protection as well. I just want to make it's not just offensive line. The whole offensive line are, are all often seen as a group, which is weird. We evaluate them differently until we have eight wide receivers. We don't say like individually he was bad. We say as a group. It's not just individuals. Individuals they've been bad, but collectively they've been bad. And I mean this from a whole schematic sense. Running backs in pass protection this year have been abysmal. Awful. Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Corey Clement, all three of them have been terrible. And actually, I think Jordan Howard has been brought back partly because he can pass protect. But Sanders has done it in the past. Whatever's happening coaching-wise oh, yeah. this year, whatever's going on. I mean, watch Jalen Hurts' first throw to um, Jalen Rager this week, the great downfield ball. Miles Sanders blocks no one. Like, Jalen Hurts gets popped by a safety because Miles Sanders is just picking up the wrong guy. If your running back is consistently doing that, it's not going to help your confidence level. They barely use chips from the tight ends. But when they do, they seem to not help. Like, they have times where someone chips the defensive end and it actually puts the left tackle off. And stunts, they cannot pick up stunts. How do you, how do they, you explain this? I, I, don't, do you... I don't actually know because the two coaches that I think are good are Juice and Stoutman, offensive line yeah. and running backs. Yet, they're not good. And, uh, do you know what I would explain it, Connor? The only thing I can think of is, because I can't genuinely explain why they're missing so many things, is that there's too many cooks in the kitchen. Getting told to worry about that's what I was. I'm trying to think of all I can think of. I got bored and I watched Denver last year a little bit, and I'm trying to see like what they do in offense to see what Scandarello is bringing to this team. It seems somewhat similar because nobody looks like they blocked in Denver last year. And you know, the only thing that I think is huge difference to Denver is their offensive line play from last year to this year has been incredibly different, and they haven't changed many guys on that offensive line either. So I'm thinking like there, I, I know that the Eagles have a ton of injuries, but whatever they're implementing from Scandrello, get rid of him. Yeah. It's not working. It's not working. And I know I've seen some people on Twitter beg for him to be the, the office or the play caller, the offense coordinator. No, no, that Denver got rid of him after one year being offensive coordinator. Uh, and they, when they had their young quarterback and drew Locke for a reason, like they didn't want him anywhere near that development process. They want him anywhere near their offensive staff anymore. They got Vic Fangio, second-year head coach, gets rid of him right away for Pat Shermer. They're, I don't know what the Eagles see in him and Marty Mortarbeck and thinking that these guys, like you said, that too many cooks in the kitchen, but like we said episodes before, there's not any good cooks in that kitchen either. It's all bad. It's a, it's a, a successful bad. And also, like, like, it's awful. I always think it's important to note this, and most people are smart who listen to this and they get it, but we don't know. Like, I don't... I can't tell you why Miles Sanders keeps missing pass protection reps. Like, no one knows. Absolutely, anyone who says they know is lying. We simply do not know. This offense just has no rhythm. Nobody on this team has rhythm. And also, let's think back to week one for just one second, right? Think about it. Alshon Jeffrey was injured and was going to be for ages. Travis Fulgham didn't exist. Their starting receivers were Rager, Deshaun, Hightower. Like, this was meant to be a downfield offense. And it's so obviously still is being schemed like a downfield offense. They can't protect. They can't go downfield. The whole point of this system this year was meant to be Carson Wentz launching bombs down the field to John Hightower, Jalen Rager, and Deshaun Jackson. And we saw it in week one. 
Jalen Rager got hit on the bomb. Deshaun nearly had a few. It was obvious that's what this offense was meant to be. It was a one-two personnel, take shot plays. They can't run the whole downfield element. The whole downfield element doesn't work because there's no pass protection. And actually, you can physically see Carson Wentz now. This was probably the first week where you watched it and you were like, yeah, he can't, he can't do it. There was the most famous example that I know Michael Kist posted on Twitter where they're running like a little combination route, actually, where um, Dallas Scott is running like a deep pin, Jalen Rager, no, Greg Wall's running a drag, and Greg Wall's wide open, and Carson Wentz takes off to the right. And people go, oh, well, how can Carson Wentz not see him? Well, he doesn't see him because he bails from a clean pocket. <laughs> Why is he bailing from a clean pocket? Because he's feeling pressure. I, I actually don't think it's that difficult. Like, there's a part of me that's like, all this talk about fixing him, like he's... His arm works, his body works, he hasn't got injured this year, he's played every game, there's been no problems with the ACL on his knee, it's not like he's get, get, getting uh, subbed every week because he's picking up knocks from getting hit, do you know what, he's taking a lot of hits and he's taking them well, he's not getting up wincing every game, he's actually, his body's handling it fine, he's just completely off-centered, not understanding where to go with the ball, because he's terrified of pressure, you could see it this week, he's bailing from pockets early. But there's also an argument that is, well, I don't blame him. Like, quarterbacks are a part of their offense. And we look at this all the time. Why does X player fail? Why does David Carr? Why does he fail so much? Well, and everyone knows about how often David Carr got hit. The only thing we don't know is whether Wentz is permanently now scared in the pocket. I can't answer that. Like, no one can. But you can't tell after six games. Because he wasn't scared against the Steelers when he's getting blitz left, right and centre. And he's making unbelievable plays under pressure throwing touchdown passes to Travis Fulgham while getting blitzed and getting hit every play. He wasn't scared of pressure then. So it's a relatively new thing that's got progressively worse as the offense has got progressively worse and don't deserve blame. Their screen game is non-existent. That's a way you get rid of pressure. They don't use him on the move enough. And people keep saying, yeah, but their play-action game's crap. I'm not talking about rollout. I'm talking about taking a shotgun snap and moving his launch point. There are different ways of negating uh, pressure. And they don't do it very well. I mean, we've all laughed at the, the, the Doug Pedersen comment this week about Jalen Hurts, about what we're going to do to get him good. We're going to build a running game and get him on the move. And we're all like, well, yeah, like, I mean, it, it's almost not even worth talking about because we know that, the, I, and I've come, I'm going to actually come back to this point, which I've made about, I think, about 10 times in the offseason. This Eagles organization basically has always thought Carson Wentz is a top three quarterback. And I think they've got it wrong. I think he's probably a top eight or top 12 with his mechanics, with his issues. He's Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan. He's not Pat Mahomes. He's not Russell Wilson on a good day. But you know what? You don't ditch Matt Ryan. You don't ditch Matthew Stafford. You can win with those guys. Matt Ryan wins a Super Bowl if his defense doesn't completely die. If Matt Stafford wasn't on the worst organization in the world, um, the Lions, he would also be a playoff contender. He, and Dak Prescott's not significantly better, and I'm not going to start that debate, but he's got three all-star wide receivers that are very good. It's You can't aim as a coaching staff, in my opinion, to get a Patrick Mahomes. No, that's once-in-a-generational talent. You're absolutely is, correct here. By the way, is Patrick Mahomes Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid anyway? We don't know. Like He's very good. Josh Allen is an immense physical talent. Look at the difference coaching makes to Josh Allen and Ryan Tannehill. You can't just get rid of your quarterback um, and assume you're going to draft someone significantly better. Jared Goff, 101, not significantly better. He's in a 50 times better scheme. I mean, Sean McVay's scheme is a million times better than what we run here. And Jared Goff's still not that good. 
when you watch Jared Goff on third and long, and you're like, oh, goodness, that's not his game. Carson Wentz has shown he can convert third and long. So giving up on Wentz after four to six bad weeks, plus a few bad weeks here and there over his early career, is madness to me. The whole focus has to be, how do you fix him? So how do you fix him? Mm-hmm. Right, well, you go into an offseason where you make sure he's going to be better protected. You make sure he's got strong weapons around him. But the number one thing is you make sure he trusts what he's seeing. He trusts his eyes. He trusts what he's seeing. And I get the feeling now Doug's benched him. That probably mutual trust is gone. It's a shame. Because oh, absolutely gone. Absolutely gone. gone. Yeah, I think it's it's absolutely gone this gone. season. That's what I, I was going to say. Yeah, That's this, My worry yeah. with Carson Wentz going forward is not only just because you talk about this pressure that he's feeling on the field, you times that by two because he's feeling it off the field too because he has that this young stuff behind him. That's yes. a problem. Yes. So no matter what, because again, this is all excuses. No matter what the end of the day it is, unfortunately it is excuses, but they're logical excuses. It's context you have to add when you look at the whole entire problem. It's the evaluation process in yeah. entirety. Okay. But yeah. my issue is Carson Wentz is capable of playing like this now. Now you know this. Do you? I don't trust anybody on this team to build around him to fix this, though. I don't trust a single soul in this organization to do so. And the a shame thing is, they're not, I, I don't believe they're going to fire Howie Roseman. I don't believe that. So, I just, it's tough. I don't know how you can, because you, you're talking about how you can fix Carson Wentz, and I think the Eagles can do it. I just, I worry that, how do you feel if you put yourself in Carson Wentz's shoes? I know what we said, this is the only move you have to make. We understand it completely. Uh, there's two sides to it, though, no matter what. Anyway, there's not there's no right and wrong. You have to evaluate each side. And we understand why you make this move because of what the Eagles season is and what Doug Pearson's tenure is ending up being and how he's on the hot seat and he's pretty much the last ploy to save his job. But at the same time, you and I clearly, especially you, clearly believe Carson Wentz is still talented. You can still build around him. He can still be your franchise quarterback. But you can see he's so, talented. Sorry, Connor. Just, we're going to talk about yeah. that in a minute. You can see he's talented. He was Again. absolutely awful at the weekend. He was appalling. Yet, if you just watch him and Jalen Hurts side by side, and I'm he's got everything. Marvellous, he's got everything. But guess what? Most quarterbacks in the league have a pretty good arm. Like it's not, and it's quite obvious his arm talent is significantly superior. Like it's not, and I don't really think that's a debate. Like just watch the, the yeah. throws in the game. But on that, I mean, just I think we should probably move on from Carson Wentz. But one thing you mentioned earlier on there about is not making excuses, talking about the number two quarterback breathing down his shoulders. Like I see this comment all the time online, like, oh, well, if the quarterback's that mentally weak, he shouldn't have, um, he, he's not good enough to be a quarterback. We said, by the way, and you could call me a hypocrite, because we said the same thing about Andre Dillard, about how if Andre Dillard can't handle Jason Peters coming back at guard, then he's mentally weak. And yeah, that's true. And Carson Wentz should be able to deal with it. Of course he should. And I'm not saying he should. He shouldn't. However, you're also putting unnecessary pressure on him. And I don't care what they said about defending him. No one drafts a second round quarterback when they've got a franchise quarterback. It was this weird decision. But it's also just look at Carson Wentz as a whole. He has definitely been one of those quarterbacks that's been unfairly doubted since day one. He definitely had a chip on his shoulder his rookie year. I think that was quite obvious. He was getting killed by not just draft media, by a lot of mainstream media. Oh, yeah. Um, Dak was better. Zach was also, better the whole entire time. He also didn't win a Super Bowl. And I hate it. I mean, there was even a discussion this season about whether he should get a Super Bowl win. I mean, like, I mean, the Eagles don't win a Super Bowl without Carson Wentz that year. Like, it's not a hot take. Like, they don't get the first round by without Carson Wentz. If you think Foles is going on the road and winning an extra playoff game, like, give me a break. They barely crept through the Falcons. Like, uh, come on. Like, they don't win a Super Bowl without Carson Wentz. But he doesn't win it. Nick Foles wins it. 
He has to deal with the whole Nick Foles thing the following year. He then gets injured the next year when there's a playoff run. And it's just like, he is a uniquely sort of unlucky quarterback. I think that's quite fair to say. I think he is uniquely damaged in some ways as an individual. Um, and I always say this because this is what annoys me. Go on Google. Anyone that says, oh, but Carson Wentz has been bad before this year. Type in 2020 QB rankings. Find any of them. Find ESPN. Find NFL.com. Find Bleeding Green Nation. Find Pro Football Focus. Find that idiot, um, is it Stephen Marie's, who wrote something about Carson Wentz being bad because he's only going to third down. Find his own QB rankings where he had him 13th before the season. There is not a single QB ranking out there that had Carson Wentz below 16. And do you know what? Even Sian Fairhe, he writes under some random Twitter account now because everyone knows he's an idiot. Even he has him like top 16. Like the biggest Carson Wentz haters in the world have had Wentz top 16 before the season. So you then need to figure out what the hell has happened this year. And I do think drafting has caused unnecessary pressure on him. Do I think he should be able to take it? Yes. Yes, he should be able to. And if Jalen Hurts has damaged him this much this year, this year, then there is a strong argument that he's not mentally strong enough to deal with it. But I just find that hard to believe that this guy that mentally dealt with having Sam Bradford traded a week before the season and starting without barely any first-team reps, the same guy that had to deal with so much pressure of Nick Foles last year and no wide receivers, it just doesn't strike me as a mentally weak guy, Carson Wentz. I don't really believe that the Jalen Hurts thing... What I think no, it's piled on. I think no, he's looking it, over his shoulder, though. I think that's definitely yeah. a thing where I actually think. I think you know I would, if I was if I was performing bad, I would look over my shoulder yeah. too. I don't. I draw another hot take, Connor. Another little hot take. Ever since that report came out for ESPN, that Doug Peterson has sat down with Carson Wentz and decided he's not going to turn the ball over anymore because he's going to play safer. He's got worse. He's got worse. Oh, he's gotten worse. He's Way stopped turning worse. the ball over, but he's a worse quarterback because he is naturally a risk-taking quarterback. Deal with it. He will throw interceptions. He will fumble the ball. I'm not going to defend them. As long as he's not doing Jameis Winston and throwing 30 a season, I will take it if he's making the exceptional wow plays because you can win with it. At the moment, you can't win with him because he does nothing fun. He does nothing exciting. He doesn't make big plays and he still occasionally turns the ball over. So he's broken. So, yeah, that's sort of all I've got to say on Castle Mates. I hope we don't see him again this year because I think he needs to step back and just completely reset what he's doing as an individual. But look at Jason Kelsey's comments. Jason Kelsey is the centre of a... T- and Jason Kelsey is a guy who, one, speaks his mind. Two, is probably about to retire. He has nothing to lose. He has just come out and basically said, it's not his fault, it's our fault. It's the coach's fault. It's the wide receiver's fault. So if Jason Kelsey's saying that, I think it's time to sort of look at the whole thing as a whole. I think Wentz has the vet's respect as well. And I didn't want to touch on this in this pod, so I won't do it. Just look on my Twitter account about Fletcher Cox's comments. I mean, Fletcher Cox voted for a poll from WIP about who should start. It wasn't like a random tweet he favorited. He made that decision. He knew what he yeah, was doing. You're Fletcher losing Cox. the locker room. Fletcher Cox knew what them. he was doing. Yeah. And I don't good, see how Doug Peterson yeah. comes back. I don't I don't see how Doug Peterson comes back. I don't know how uh, anybody yeah, can themselves. I don't know how you could sit here and say an offensive coordinator and quarterback coach fix this right now. Yeah. A new one. No. I mean, you lost the locker room with this decision. Yeah. If your leaders on your team are vocally feeling this way, think about the guys who actually do feel this way that don't yeah. feel the need to That's say why. it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They don't feel the need to say it, though, because they don't care about what social media thinks or what the media thinks at all. But yeah. those guys just felt, I'm going to be honest, and I don't care. I'm the leader on this team. I'm allowed to be. That's what they told me to be is be a leader. I'm going to be a leader and be honest. 
I think Carson should be the quarterback. So to me, this is not only are you trying to save your job with providing a spark from Joe and Hurts and to say, hey, Jeffrey, hey, Howie, it wasn't all me. Like the quarterback wasn't executing enough. That's the problem. You're, you, I mean, you lost the locker room, it seems like. Unexpected trouble? CashNet USA can take the stress out of borrowing emergency funds. Our fast, secure application process makes it easy to apply online 24-7. Plus, CashNet USA offers same-day funding if approved before 10.30 a.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday. Additional terms may apply. Visit CashNetUSA.com or tap the banner to apply today. I don't know. I don't see how anyone thinks that a, offense, a new offense coordinator, a new quarterback coach fixes this. You have to move on from the coach. Joe, I the understand. Only, the only way it does. Or you can move on from the quarterback. The only way it does is if Doug basically just gives up play calling responsibilities and he basically becomes like a culture head coach who like runs Mike Tomlin. He, yeah, he doesn't have anything to do with individual um, play calling on offense or defense. He is seen as a guy who uses analytics. And you know what? If they want to do that, fine. But the other problem is if you want to hire some of the best offensive coordinators, um, like the Titans guy. Um, or like the Bills guy, um, whose names I can't remember at the moment. Brian Dabble from the Bills. That's my guy. And then Arthur Smith of the Titans. You name drop. That was like, oh, two potential Eagles head coaches name drops right there. They're not coming as offensive coordinators. So if you want to hire them, you're going to have to replace Doug anyway because they're going to want to be a head coach. So unless you get a bizarre, unbelievable quarterback coach and another team who is a genius who basically runs the offense next year and Doug just sort of oversees everything as like a culture, scheme fit, like a in charge of operations, uh, sort of like a Tomlin, like you said. Then I, I'm, I'm okay trying that, but it's going to be difficult. I'm okay trying that, but I don't think there's anywhere going back now. No. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P. Joe Pizzabia, host of the Fantasy Black Book Show right here on the Brawl Network, and this is your DraftKings Blitz. It's going to be revenge this week for the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson is expensive, and so is DK Metcalf, but that matchup against the Jets, coming off a loss against the Giants, look for some revenge for Seattle. Yes, they're worth paying up for in cash. Also, Aaron Jones gets another matchup two weeks in a row to his liking. Pay up for him this week as well. Really good price on Jones. Detroit can't stop anybody in the run, so expect Aaron Jones to run amok. You see, T.Y. Hilton lately has been bouncing back. Well, a healthy T.Y. Hilton is a good price as well on DK this week. Check him out at 5,100. Good matchup for him against Las Vegas as well. Same goes for Terry McLaurin, who posted his first single-digit week since week five last time out. Don't expect that trend to continue at 6,700 on DK this week. He is a fantastic buy. And also, while we're talking about those Washington football teamers, let's not forget J.D. McKissick, too, with Antonio Gibson out. This guy was an absolute target machine. Caught 10 balls last week against the Steelers, and this week he's just 4,900 against San Francisco. Expect a lot of targets to go his way. That'll do it for me, Joey P., but make sure you check out the Fantasy Black Book right here on the Brawl Network with me, the Welsh, and Scott Bogman. Now, back to your regular scheduled programming. I think you have to sit back and think, well, first of all, let me ask you this. Who do you think's decision really was to bench Carson Wentz? Do you think it was Doug's? Oh, I, I probably think I do, yeah. I do. I think it was Doug. Yeah. I know everybody's like, well, how he drafted him, and this is supposed yeah. to be how he's guy. Or, all this stuff. I think this is Doug's decision. I think they gave... Doug, the, they gave Doug the blessing to decide it, and he did. 
he evaluated and he decided that this needs to be changed. Now that this happened, you opened up Pandora's box to Carson Wentz to say, hey, if I screw up, Doug's going to pull me because he's done it before. So how do you bring that back? You can't. How do you salvage that again? I don't think you can. I think either you decide which guy you're going to move with. Are you going to move on with the Super Bowl head coach who has progressively gotten worse ever since his offensive staffs got poached? Or are you going to stick with the quarterback who's shown you he could play MVP caliber quarterback play, borderline top 10 quarterback play when he has no wide receiver talent and is struggling for the first time in his career outside his rookie season, which was a complete mess of a disaster of an organization coming off of Chip Kelly era. I think you're going to go with the quarterback. I think that would most, especially with the financial commitment. Now, a lot of people are using this contract as like a end of all ends. Like this is means Carson Wentz is with us next year. I don't necessarily think so. If the player wants out, the team wants to move on. You could make it work. You could, you could re- restructure that thing. Carson really wants to get out of Philadelphia and the Eagles are prepared to move on to Joe and Hurts. I don't see that being that much of a hindrance as much as everybody else does. You're going to take some sort of hit, but I think he would restructure kind of like what Nick Foles did in Jacksonville this year uh, to, to make that trade happen to Chicago. I don't think it's that out of far out of the realm of possibilities. I just don't think you move on from Carson Wentz. I don't think they will. I don't think Jeffrey Lurie is ready to do that yet. No, I agree. I agree. Should we, uh, we spent a long time on Carson Wentz. Should we uh, move on to Jalen Hurts? Very, very Let's move quickly. on to Jalen Hurts. I, I know that you and I messaged about a bunch about it, and I understood some of your points of what, because I mean, I think he's, look, my issue with Jalen Hurts is, going to be the same things I was when he's coming out of college because we've barely seen him and nobody on this offensive staff has clearly developed any of his mechanical flaws. He has a hitch in his throw and I'm going to, I have the locked on Sooners podcast host, John Williams, who also hosts the Cowboys brawl coming on for an episode on Saturday. We're going to talk about Jalen Hurts and full entire death. So I don't want to go into that much detail. What I'm going to say about him there. I want Johnny to really take it away, but I mean the hitch in his throw is throwing motion needs to change. Like they need to figure that out. Because he's again, he's his release is so delayed that it's going to cause turnovers in the NFL. You need that the ball to get there at exact precise time. But I will say, for a guy who has a hitch in his throw, that dude has one of the most impressive touch passes I've seen. And not only that, he's a great anticipation thrower. He threw Jalen Rager that Jalen Rager got open off that pass, no matter what anybody says. And not only that, that Greg Ward touchdown put it right where it needs to be for his guy to make that play. I. I liked what I saw. I agree with you. The arm strength is not going to be the same. But again, you could win in the National Football League with Jalen Hurts' arm strength. You don't have to have the Carson Wentz arm strength. The thing is, to me, and I don't know what everybody else feels, because Jalen Hurts is incredibly mobile, and Nick Foles will never amount to this. But as a thrower, it, it it's like comparing Carson Wentz to Nick Foles again. I, as a thrower. As a thrower of the football. Now, I'll talk about the mobility. I think Jalen Hurts could be a better quarterback than Nick Foles, absolutely. But... I mean, Alshon Jeffrey looks like he's playing with Nick Foles again. He looks like he's rejuvenated to play with Nick Foles again because of the way he throws him the ball. I would not even be surprised if a wide receiver gets hurt and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside is active for one of these final two games and he catches like three passes. Like that's that's yeah. what kind of thrower Jalen Hurts is. There's two different guys, completely different guys in terms of throwing the football. So... You obviously, it's personal preference, and obviously, I understand Carson Wentz could do way more talented things with the football in his hands than Jalen Hurts can uh, from a throwing standpoint. It's just the truth, and I like both of them a lot. I think no matter what, I'm I'm okay with what the Eagles do because I think no matter what, they have a quarterback with potential, and they're both young for in terms of quarterback age. So, 
I'm chilling, man. You know, this winning the Super Bowl, I'm not going to lie. Winning the Super Bowl has cleansed my soul. I can, I can deal with stinking. I think to me, I don't know how many people remember the 2012 season as, as fairly as I do, but this is the same exact season. This is another funeral season. You have the expensive quarterback at Michael Vick who's finally showing you that he might not be the guy anymore. You have to start thinking about uh, this rookie quarterback you have in Nick Foles. And your head coach is just done with you. You love him. He's done great things for Philadelphia. He hates to move on, but it's a funeral, guys. Like, they can press progressively get worse. You progressively wonder what the hell the head coach is calling. What is up with his play calling? Has he lost his touch? You just have to move on. This this season is no different than 2012 to me. Yeah, so let's, let's talk a little bit about Hurts. Hurts is an interesting character because, as you said, like the difference when they come in, they're just completely different play styles. Um, firstly, let's talk. I imagine Hurts will start the rest of the year. Um, you can't make any grand sweeping judgments about him. The offense is bad. The offense will still be bad. The receivers are bad. All the same things we spoke about Carson Wentz will apply straight in Hurts. However, I think it's fair to judge traits. I think if you watch a guy for even a half a game, you can get a sense of who he is. Um, quite often when you scout people on draft Twitter and even professional scouts won't watch every snap of a player. You can, you can figure out who a player is by two, three games. Not whether they're going to be great, but you can scout traits. So the first thing about Jalen Hurts is obvious to me is that um, he's like any classic running rookie quarterback. He's one read and run. Yeah. You saw a lot of time. Yes. Uh, there was actually one snap. I put a whole thing on my Twitter. So you want a bit more detail on this, go and look at a Twitter thread I put out during the week where he literally hits his back foot and runs. He doesn't actually uh, even bother scanning the field. He's not. Ha- he knows his first read is not going to be open for his snap, so he just gets scrubbing. And now again, in the NFL, the game's changed, and mobile quarterbacks are much more important than they used to be, um, schematically. And there are some quarterbacks, one read and run, that have had some very successful years. RG3's rookie year in Washington was brilliant. Um, I do think for the most part, though, I think it's still the same game as it used to be from a passing point of view. And most good quarterbacks, unless your coach is exceptionally good at scheming your open, will have to get through their reads. And when you're looking at third and long, third and eight, third and ten, etc., you will probably have to be able to scan the field. And Jalen Hurts left plays on the field in his first game, uh, without a doubt. He left plays on the field where he bailed from an empty pocket too early. And that's to be expected from a rookie. There's no problem with that at all. Um, Especially a rookie at this point in the yeah. season that you're just thrusting in there. Like, yeah. I, I agree. You have I think to you add saw that it. context. I think the mechanics are an interesting thing because my instinct was like, they're horrible. And then I watched them again. And I was like, well, the ball does come out reasonably fast and it does come out sort of okay in terms of timing. So it's not the end of the world. But he, he had one throw to Alshon. Oh, I'm not going to lie. It's actually one of the worst. It, yeah. his, it's actually one of the worst in football because it comes out in like three seconds. And that's really, I think that was ranked 35th last year in terms right. of speed. So it's the hitch though. That's the yeah. problem. You have to get two, rid of that hitch. And there were two throws to Alshon outside the numbers. Uh, one that just died a death. And the one on the right-hand side that completely died, it looked like he got tipped. It didn't. The reason why it had no juice was because he was off platform and he can't throw off platform. Like he has to be set. So when you talk about why does arm strength matter, why does arm strength matter? Because in NFL, you don't always play from a clean pocket. I'd love to say you do, but watch Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes. Look at the throws they can make off-platform. Jalen Hurts, to me, looks like a quarterback that when everything's going right, will be fine and will be good and can make enough throws to keep the chains moving. Um, and we saw that at the weekend. He's, the, way he has, the way he throws the ball is lovely to catch. I think you'll see drop numbers go down. Um, with Jalen Hurts in the lineup. You're describing Nick Foles, though. You realize that. Yeah. You're describing Nick Foles in Philadelphia. Personally, my preference is get players who can catch the ball regardless of how hard you throw it. So I sort of, 
I, there's an argument that your quarterback should throw with more touch because that he needs to. But then I watched Josh Allen absolutely cannon them in and watch Steph Diggs just pluck them out of the air. And I'm like, well, maybe get receivers that can catch rather than get a quarterback who throws the ball nicer. Like, I think location... Drops are a part of the game, though. I think, you would, I think yeah, you're the one who really before. says it the most, and I love it. Yeah, you said drops are such an overrated yeah, thing. That's true, because game. the most elite wide receivers drop so many passes yeah. because they're targeted so many times. Yeah. So I can accept that. I think Jalen Hurts was very good outside of structure, we saw. I think we also saw the team that he played against were sitting back a lot. And his numbers weren't great. I mean, let's be honest, people that actually let you set the world on fire because he threw a very good deep ball to Greg Ward. What impressed me was his, the, the ball placement was good. The ball placement to Jalen Rager, the ball placement to Greg Ward was mm-hmm. very, very good. Um, I think that clearly stood out. I think he's a guy who's obviously got a lot of talent and his mobility was very good. He didn't strike me, if I'm honest, as a runner like a Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson that's like, oh, he's the best athlete on the field. He steps on the field and he's the best athlete. To me, he looked like a very good athlete. Not like a exceptional athlete, like a. He looks like, like a power runner, which is weird yeah. because when you see that from a quarterback, you think Cam Newton. I guess you would think, but I mean, I think yeah. Jalen Hurts would be a poor man's Cam Newton in terms of running. I think there's a lot to see, but that was sort of my initial instinct was thinking, yeah, he looks like a second round pick. He doesn't look yeah. like someone immediately who's got superstar talent. I don't think that's acceptable. Yes, you can win with that guy, granted, uh, but he doesn't look like someone to me that if you had a redraft tomorrow uh he'd go top 10 because what do you need to go on the top 10 what, I mean, what do you want from a quarterback it depends what you want if you're running a highly schemed offense and you don't expect your quarterback to make plays inside of structure very much jimmy garofalo um garofalo sorry um jared goff to an extent those guys are very good when they're playing within structure but when the structure doesn't work they struggle and i think um and people will say doesn't Jalen hurt create that's not what i'm talking about with structure really um i'm almost ignoring I'm talking about outside of structure. I'm talking about plays off platform, late in the down. Um, when you're leaning backwards and there's a guy hitting you from the left and you're making a throw, like things like that. Like, can you still get the ball there on time? And some quarterbacks are brilliant at that. Like, Big Ben has been the ultimate of it throughout his career. You can be holding him down and his left arm's not working and he doesn't, he'll still complete the ball somehow. He'll get it there. Aaron Rodgers is exceptional off platform. But ironically, Aaron Rodgers has become a much better player playing in a very schemed offense under Matt LaFleur the past year than he was two years ago when he was doing his own thing, which makes you think about Carson Wentz and whether they could get something like that in anyway. That's a, a completely separate point. But I think that's what stood out to me with Jalen Hurts, really. I think it was fine. It was a good debut. I wouldn't have expected much more. I wouldn't have expected much less. Um, I think what will be really interesting in the next three weeks is to just look at the trades and look at where you think he can be any more than a one-read quarterback who needs to be in a highly schemed offense that's fine, that will do the job on first and 10 and third and four, um, and whether he'll be anything more than a top six, whether he'll be able to break that top 16 mould. Because if you look at most of the best quarterbacks in the league, they have special traits. And that's not, um, even people, I mean, if you look, we spoke about earlier on, like we, even I'm saying Carson Wentz isn't a top five quarterback, but all of the top five quarterbacks have special, unique traits. I mean, Russell Wilson throwing the ball arm, Patrick Mahomes arm, Josh Allen, uh, Kyle Murray, ability to throw the ball off platform, tight windows, etc., etc. I think with Jalen Hurts, you're maybe looking at the 16 to 22 range, hoping he could maybe make a nice career out of a player like that. And then it just becomes unique because you're like, well, we probably could win with that, but we have a quarterback who's more talented. So do we try and build an offense around Jalen Hurts? That's my sort of concern is that they're going to have to build a separate scheme around him. And I think they already 
Doug's already spoke about getting him on the move. Ironically, two of Jalen Hurts' first three snaps were on the move, <laughs> which some people will probably like, oh my God, could you not have done that with Carson Wentz? But I think that's how he needs to be treated. Then there's a whole argument about, do you really want to build two separate offences around your quarterback? And I know Max uh, over at Eagles Brawl has written about how the Eagles need to commit to a quarterback before next year because they're such different quarterbacks. But you know what? We've seen teams like Lamar Jackson and Joe Flacco are very different. Um, and that didn't really work. But you, we have seen teams build two different offenses in one. I mean, Sean Payton is an absolute master. But Breeze and Taysom Hill have coincided well. And now Breeze has been replaced. You've seen Taysom Hill take over. That can be done. It's not impossible. But Sean Payton is an unbelievable coach. So I'm not putting on Doug's level of Payton. They're not. It's not. They're in different tiers, unfortunately. Um, Sean Payton consistently has a top five offense for God knows how many years. So yeah, it's going to be takeaway from yeah. My takeaway from all your Hurts talk is I think you're absolutely right from the evaluation of what you're basing off of what you saw against Green Bay and what you've watched on him moving forward. But I think what has to be stressed in this situation is Jalen Hurts is such a raw project. Like this is not even close to his finished project, and I that's what goes into coaching too. Is Lincoln Riley tapped into his quarterback potential, but it wasn't. It was his first real year of quarterback play with Alabama. He was what he's doing right now. He was a one read, not even make that read run type of guy. I think you have to have a proper development process with him before I can make that evaluation, make that assessment that this is what he can be because there's so much more there. You just have to get through the mechanical flaws to let him showcase that to you. Because I'm telling you, you fix that hitch in his throwing motion, the ball gets out quicker. Not only does it get out quicker, I think he could throw guys way more open that way if that happens. Uh, the mobility is not going to go away. I think he is a really good power runner. If he has to bring that to the game as a starting quarterback, to be great. Now, the footwork that you speak about is a huge, huge thing. This is where I would love to have Sean Filippo come back to Philadelphia and get his hands on Jalen Hurts if they decide that he has to be the quarterback moving forward because I just think you get all these mechanical flaws. You at least work on them because I know every quarterback shows mechanical flaws in some shape or form during out of game uh, when they're out of structure. But if you work on these and you get them to limit them like how you did Carson Wentz in 2017, I do think you have a good starting quarterback in Jalen Hurts. I do believe that. If you go back and look at – sorry, really quick. If you go back and look at like Dak Prescott's pre-draft, they're very similar. I was just gonna, you're just took you're taking the words right out of my mouth because I said I, I was about to say I think if you build properly around him and you scheme the offense properly around him you could have a Dak Prescott type caliber quarterback and I, I don't think Dak is bad I think Dak is very good I think Dak is a very good quarterback he has his limitations of course yeah. but he also his accuracy his ball placement his uh, ability to throw guys open is the reason why he's a good starting quarterback in this league. And I think Jalen Hurts could bring you the same traits. You just have to scheme around it properly and they don't have the coaches. Yeah, to do that's that. what I was going to say. I think we'll maybe call it quits there before we talk about quarterbacks for for too long. But um, my thing about Dak Prescott is, number one, he was a fourth-round pick, which I hate it when people do this. Oh, the whole NFL missed. Well, no, they didn't because then Dallas would have taken him in the second round. He was a fourth-round pick because his tape was a fourth-round pick tape. Um, what do I, and why? Because mechanically he wasn't great and that caused huge issues. Now, what they've his done DUI with that, did, his DUI right before yes, the draft did hurt a little bit. I thought he was a second and third round pick, was, yeah, to be honest. With exactly, you. like Jalen Hurts. And that's Hurts, what Jalen Hurts is. is. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. The, the thing about Dak is, number one, they fixed him mechanically. So mechanically, he's pretty strong now. But the other difference is, yes. I know we talk about all the time about uh, quarterbacks are a system of their scheme. 
the, ever since Dak has been there, he has never run the offense. The offense runs through a stellar offensive line and Ezekiel Elliott. We don't run through the, the running game. The second thing is, he's been surrounded by very, very good... I mean, Des Bryant, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb are all significantly better than anyone. Randall Cobb and Cole Bleasley, too. I would think they're pretty good, too. Des Bryant, when that came out, was still very good. I mean, the Uh, list of receivers that Carson Wentz has played with is atrocious. And that all matters. That all... And Dak's obviously done better than what we've seen. But if the, the coaching matters hugely, and you know what? A little bit of a concern that Jalen Hurts' mechanics look very much like college. And you're like, well, you've had a year, not a year, but you've had six and months yeah, they've of him done in your nothing building. With him. Exactly. Not they've had, they've done throws, nothing with him. But they've done nothing with Carson Wentz's mechanics either. Exactly. They've done the, that's because, what I'm saying. You don't have the coaching. You don't have the staff in place. Also, if they're not fixing anything during in-season, if they're not improving something during the season, they aren't capable of doing it. Last thing I would say on that is mechanics are sometimes not. Just, you just players just have them and they can't be fixed. So yeah, you're are, absolutely right. I would just that, like to see at least the process because I don't think you're right. You might not fix a hit. You might you not might fix hurts. Hurts might throw that way his whole life, and if he does throw yeah. that way his whole life, he will never have the arm strength. Dak's arm has got oh. better because his mechanics have got better. So I also uh, think Dak has gotten better from the quarterback standpoint. Just to end this real quick, is because Dallas Jerry Jones got their heads out of their butts and put a coach like Kellen Moore, yes. who could scheme a college type spread offense for Dak Prescott that he was successful in it at Mississippi State. If you can find, this is why I, I'm going to play devil's advocate, Lincoln Riley and Harry Roseman have a really tight relationship. If you can convince Lincoln Riley to make that jump, I would like to see him work with Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts because I think yeah. he'd get the most, bet out of both of them. But especially Jalen Hurts, he definitely would. He's traded here already. He just only had him for one year, barely a year. But I agree with you. It's If you're going to build around these guys, if you're going to point, especially Jalen Hurts, is what we're talking about, and his limitations and what he can bring to an offense because we're comparing him to what Dak is doing. And by, mean, by no means are we saying Dak is a bad quarterback because I think every quarterback in some shape or form has to be in a, a scheme that highlights their skill set for them to be successful. Every single quarterback. Even Pat Mahomes, like you said before, we don't know how he is out of, without that yeah. injury system. Pat Mahomes so it's is every scheme, single yeah, quarterback. I, I love so this, this is not. Yeah, I love the right. scheme debate of quarterbacks. Yeah, oh, Pat Mahomes is scheme dependent. Okay, Pat Mahomes is probably the best talent we've seen, like, maybe right. ever. Maybe ever. And, oh, guess what? He happens to be working with one of the greatest offensive one of the best coaches off- ever. And that matters. Years. You think that doesn't help? That matters. Oh, and Tyreek Hill is a freak. Oh, and by the way, Travis right. Kelsey is probably and the Jeff- best route-running tight end who exactly. catches everything. Oh, oh, by the way, Sammy Watkins, pick where the Buffalo Bills traded two first-round picks, and Sammy Watkins doesn't even feature in their offense. Sammy Watkins was him as the best receiver. Like Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, oh, Miko Harmon's better than half of what we got. Like, they're such a talented offense. Oh, and by the way, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is, like, he, Patrick Mahomes happens to be the most talented quarterback who would survive in any system, and he happens to play in the best system with the best players. Like, mm. oh, that might help. Aaron Rodgers, brilliant. Oh, but, oh, yeah, unbelievably schemed offense. That Matt LaFleur offense is so well-schemed, so well-designed. Right. Well, the and point is, Devontae the, Adams the point, is brilliant. Like, oh my god, drives me mad. Sorry. The the point is, <laughs> we're talking about we we think the like because I don't want people to think that we're talking down on Dak. We're not. We're saying no, he's a good player. Matters. But when you when you have ski matters, ski matters, and only that putting talent around the. Ryan Tannehill was rubbish in Miami. Oh look, he's good. 
Josh Allen, go scheme. And by the way, that doesn't mean you take away from the quarterback position. It's it's a combination. It's scheme plus quarterback plus surrounding talent equals success. It's not one or the other. Yes, you can survive about two or three. Who would have thought football was a team sport? Yeah. Who would have thought football was a team sport? Would have never guessed that myself. Kyler Murray looks better when DeAndre Hopkins joins. Oh, because DeAndre Hopkins is... Oh, who would have thought? Yeah. Steph Diggs helps Josh Allen. Oh, because he's really good. It's, yeah, it's... It's all three. Anyone that thinks it's one and not the... And by the way, that means it's also Carson Wentz's fault. It's not just Doug's fault. It's... Yeah. Last thing I'm going to end before I let you finish it off is I've seen this idea about do you have to commit to a quarterback? Uh, in my opinion, possibly no. I think if you want to hire a new coach, give him Hurts uh, and Wentz. Let them battle it out over training camp. Then you decide yeah. who your quarterback is and you set it. You then don't spend... You don't split the I'm whole not, I'm not... Yeah, I'm not entertaining that conversation until yeah. I know who the new head coach is. Exactly. Exactly. It's a long way away. ridiculous. Yeah, there's no... You don't, you don't tell a new head coach, this is what we're going to do at quarterback. Exactly. Then he laughs at you. He doesn't exactly. take the job. All right. So, real quick, go to DraftKings.com, DKNG.co, slash BrawlPod. Sign up today. Put $5 into that account because it's a minimum deposit. And we will credit your account with a free entry every week to NFL lineups for your chance to win millions. That's dkng.co slash brawl pod for your chance to win millions on DraftKings courtesy of Eagles Brawl and the Brawl Network. Also, go to manscaped.com. Use promo code brawl to get 20% off your Manscaped order, especially during this holiday season. Make sure you're sitting right. Uh, don't lose your balls like Doug Pierce and Carson Wentz did. Shave them real quick. Go to <laughs> manscaped.com. Promo code brawl, 20% off plus free shipping. All right, man. This is a blast. Actually, I miss talking to you. Like we could just have these long conversations. Oh, tell me about it. Just go into it. It's a good venting. It's a good venting thing because I think I you're can't right. put it out there on There's Twitter. A lot... It's not enough. Right. There's a lot of negative negativity going on. There's not a lot of solutions being discussed, and I feel like we had a good discussion of what we think uh, the Eagles can do going forward. I agree with you, and I want to end it that way. Just saying, you can go into 2021. Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts. You just can't go into 2021 with Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts. That's the only thing. Yep. Yep. I think we're in agreement. So, yeah. Who thought we'd be talking about two quarterbacks for 50 minutes in week 13 or whatever it is? Basically, everyone when Jalen Hurts draft pick was announced, let's be honest. We all thought we'd be here. We all, it was Carson so Wentz was number one. Carson Wentz was number one on our, our top uh, 10 list. We never top 20 list. We never yeah. thought he would get benched. Never no, was that in no. our mind. No. Now we're halfway through the season with four games left, and he got benched. It's so Insane. This, I love that we started this Eagles Brawl podcast. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love the the ups and downs of this team this year since we started this podcast that really uh, energized it, I think. But anyways, sorry that they sucked, though. I wish they didn't. We really wish they were good, obviously, as fans first. But thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll be back next week with more content from the turning the page on all 22, especially after Jalen Hurts' first career start. I'm excited to see what Johnny has on that, so... Tune in, follow Johnny Page at Johnny Page Nine on Twitter for some great takes. You probably already are because the guy's getting like a thousand likes and hundred and some retweets per day uh, off of his takes. So, thanks for guys for tuning in. We'll see you soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.